Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast, I feature figurative painter Alvin Armstrong. His work explores the social and political landscape of Black American culture. They are often filled with real and fictional subjects, culled from archival material, his community, and lived experiences. He's lived in Hawaii, Japan, and California, all of which have informed his art practice. Alvin received an MS in Eastern Medicine and is a licensed acupuncturist. A self-taught artist, he currently has a solo show at Anna Serena Gallery titled To Give and Take, and his work has been featured in the New York Times, Juxtapose, and Something Curated. He will be a Fall 2021 Visual Arts resident at Pioneer Works in Brooklyn. Please visit the Anna Zarina Gallery in Chelsea, New York until June 19th to view his colorful and embracing paintings. Welcome to the Swoopin' Women Art Talks podcast and thank you for listening and enjoy this episode featuring Alvin Armstrong. Alvin, thank you so much for joining me on my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm uh, delighted to uh, to have you. Thanks, Phyllis. Uh, I'm delighted to be here. Um, so let's start with you sharing with us when you discovered your artistic passion. Yes, um, I discovered um, the visual arts um, right around 32 months ago, really. Before that point, uh, I really didn't have much interest in in visual arts and painting and museums. And, uh, you know, I was just finishing up graduate school uh, in uh, acupuncture and, you know, kind of had some self-reflection to do and just decided that before I begun to give advice to others on how or what they should do health-wise, that I needed to kind of make some changes for myself. And and uh, so I decided to get sober and um, and, you know, cut out all alcohol and, and, and anything else uh, that I was doing, bad habits. And um, in that process, you know, as you, if you can imagine, uh, there were a lot of changes, but what, what I quickly uh, realized is I had all this free time on my hands and, and uh, I'm pretty restless if I'm not doing something. So after about a month or so of uh, my kind of time opening up, I started uh, kind of testing different uh, activities that uh, that I hadn't done prior for one reason or another. And one of those was going to museums, art museums. And uh, I, I began to kind of open up to the idea of uh, just trying new things. And I, I went to the Brooklyn Museum with a friend and was kind of moved by these 
uh, watercolors I saw. It was just like Americana, uh, uh, landscapes of the ocean. And uh, I don't know, they just, they moved me a certain way that day. And um, my friend, uh, I mentioned to my friend that uh, maybe I'm going to try and design or try, yeah, try to design like furniture or, you know, and she, she kind of suggested maybe you should try and paint, you know. Um, and, and the next day she actually bought me watercolors brushes and you know i was pleased but they they remained on my my shelf in my room for about three more months and august 2018 i, I picked up those brushes i called a friend that i knew uh, graduated from risd i told her i was going to try painting and i and i asked her what i should paint she said uh how about a self-portrait and you know i thought to myself like that's that's kind of vain you know and and, she, and, and uh, i just it really didn't connect with me it, it was uncomfortable and she you know like she explained you know the, the uh the subject in front of you you know you you kind of control the subject so it's actually quite common well i i, I went ahead and, and did my painted myself first self-portrait shared it with her and just based off of her response to what she what she saw she you know she was uh really positive and told me if if that's like the first go to to keep going and and that's kind of what i did kind of ignorantly just put my head down and began working you know dove into uh looking at art and and kind of figuring out what i liked what i didn't like and and more than anything just kept painting over and over started with watercolors i was painting no lie uh 15 hours a day for those first for a while yeah so that's kind of how i i broke into the visual arts wow what a wonderful awakening to find something you know i mean that journey to find something that you really enjoy that's fantastic congratulations there's a lot of people that go through life and never never find it so can you comment on what artists influenced you the most yeah definitely <laughs> my art hero number one is, is henry henry taylor and uh there's there's many reasons why this is but um you know what sticks out most for me is uh in in diving into his work and uh you know beyond how skilled he is and how playful and exciting his paintings are what i began to notice in like the the interviews that i watched and, and any any video i could get of him just just his his fearlessness you know and i really liked how he just seemed to just blow through his paintings and not overthink it and with that came this energy that I that I was I, I was drawn to, you know, and before I before I found discovered Henry, uh, it was Alice Neal. But once through Alice Neal, I discovered Henry. And once I discovered Henry, it kind of blew my mind of what's possible, you know, and um, and that uh, led to eventually going to a show here in New York uh, last last year or two years ago, and meeting him and, and him being so sweet and generous with his time and and I just, I just really was moved and, and influenced by really his, his energy and, and his desire to like, you know, to paint. And uh, so he's, he's my biggest influence. Uh, you know, another strong influence of mine is, is Noah, Noah Davis. And mm -hmm. again, I learned about Noah through Henry and <laughs> diving into Henry. And once I discovered Noah and his brilliance and, um, and how much he was revered by Henry, you know, it, it was just this kind of like rollout of these amazing creative artists that uh that just really inspired me you know kind of stirred up in my chest just a verb that 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 um that i really connected with and you know noah's just such a visionary and um his story is just so impactful too uh definitely uh, one more that that i, I must uh, speak on is benny andrews benny andrews is you know what he's done for black artists and uh what what you know 
kind of the silent fight. He was he was protesting and very much a, a mainstay in in getting black art into these institutions in New York and and, and outward, but uh, was a silent force, really led by example. And um, I just love his intention and the choices he made and 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 really discovering his marks and his medium and his originality, you know, but, but more than anything, just, just a, a wonderful man. Again, such a impactful story to learn about from the South. First time he entered a, a museum was when he got accepted and went to the art Institute of Chicago because they weren't allowed in those institutions in the South. Um, yeah. Those three hands down. It's great. Yeah. The dots connected nicely for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so you traveled a lot when you were younger. You lived in Hawaii, Japan, California. When you're painting, do those memories, those adventures, do they enter your mind as you're painting? Yes, d- very much so. You know, um, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Navy brat. Uh, my dad was in the Navy for 22 years, and um, yeah, that's that's kind of how we ended up in these far off places. It just so happens, you know, um, we lived in Japan for. Uh, two and a half years when I was, you know, really young, first grade. And, you know, uh, Japanese culture is is part of my culture. I'm, I'm black, white, and Japanese. So, so very much so uh, those memories in Japan specifically just kind of blend in with uh, my family um, history and my grandma, my mom's mom, she's from there. So uh, when we were there, we, we would travel off base to family. And uh, even though they couldn't speak any English, uh, we would do activities with them and eat with them. And I, you know, it, it was, we were very connected there. So I bring, I bring all my, my memories and, and the people that have come into my life into my work. Uh, I'm definitely an empath and, and uh, very, it's a very emotional process when I make. And so, so all, all these travels uh, really play a part, you know, in Hawaii, uh, you know, I was there with my family again, through, through my dad's service. I went, you know, when my dad passed going on 10 years, um, I was uh, actually back in Hawaii. I was in the Coast Guard myself. And uh, so I was there in a different context, revisiting these old memories. Go, I went. I even went back to our old house that we lived in, <laughs> went back to the old playgrounds that I played on. So yeah, I've, I use memory. And, 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 and with the memory of where I've been, it really is about the people that have come into my life. Uh, and uh, it's such an important um, element to, to what I try and accomplish in, in my, my, my practice. And, and you trained as an acupuncturist. How do you feel that influenced your style? Yeah, the, the acu- acupuncture piece, it's a unique part of my story. You know, I, uh, I was in acupuncture school for four years, pretty early after I arrived to New York. Uh, in 2014, I started acupuncture school. And you know, at the time I was, I was in love with the medicine and it was a, it was a complete discovery for me. You know, I, I thought I knew a little bit about it and was just blown away by how in depth uh, the medicine goes. And, you know, the schools in America, they, they are required to teach you just as much Western medicine as Eastern medicine, because, you, you know, you, the only way you're going to succeed in Eastern medicine in the, in the United States is to be able to have uh, professional conversations with the Western medicine world. That being said, uh, they train you, you know, about the the body as a whole completely. So musculoskeletal, uh, all the lumen systems. Um, so for me, I often tell people it was kind of like a crash figure course on steroids uh, <laughs> because, because I, I was palpating bodies for four years. I was observing people describing what they were going through and then looking at 
what the body was telling me and trying to connect the dots and then trying to physically help these people with whatever they were going through at the time. So although I didn't know that it was going to connect to visual arts, I was I was very passionate about what I was doing at the time. And it's just been an amazing kind of familiarity now that I've switched over to you know, I, I've definitely been connected to painting the figure. It just it just has a familiar feeling to me um, when I'm going about painting the flesh. And uh, what really comes up is just proportions. You know, I, I, I pride myself on, on, on really being connected to the proportions and, 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 and being familiar with how it should look. Now, that being said, I also enjoy being able to comfortably like embellish where need be but the but the eastern medicine really has has kind of informed uh, my practice thus far it's it's while a surprise it's it's been it's been uh, a gift you know how do how do you feel when you walk into your studio and approach a blank canvas yes uh funny you ask that because i'm staring at a large <laughs> blank canvas as we as we speak um you know for me uh, in these first three years, I've worked out of my studio apartment in in Crown Heights in, in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, up to this point, I've really preferred it. You know, I, I, I'm obsessive uh, in my practice. So I really love when I'm ready to get up, rolling out of bed and getting to work. And and, and I live by myself. So the fact that I, I don't bother anyone in, in that process, uh, it's really worked for me thus far. Um, you know, what I'll say to the blank canvas, it really depends on where I'm at in my practice. Um, if I'm, if I've just finished a series and I'm starting anew, then I'm going to feel completely different than compared to if I'm wrapping up a series of paintings that say I've, I've worked on for, you know, the last few weeks. So currently speaking, I'm in the stage of wrapping up a series. And so the feelings that I feel are relief. I'm almost done. I can't wait to take a break. Um, <laughs> you know, um, cause I'm pretty, I'm pretty, obsessed until I finish a series and then I'm able to relax for a couple of days. But yeah, you know, it, it, it it's challenging to have the same amount of, of drive that initially was there in the discovery phase, right? If, if I'm, if I'm seeking like what's next in my process, then the blank canvas, there's more draw to it, I would say in, in comparison, because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to find what's next, you know? So I, I, I hope that makes sense. Uh, there's, there's a difference. It depends. And your titles, how do you, how do you decide on the titles of a work? Titles are so important to me, you know, uh, to each their own. I respect everyone's practice. For me, the language connected to the the work made is such a, an important opportunity to, whether it's um, remember what I was feeling when I came up with it or, you know, worked on it, or just to kind of draw the viewer in a little bit more, you know, the titles are so important to me. Often I'll pull from uh, music that moves me um, or uh, historical events, or uh, I'll, I'll listen to speeches given and, you know, uh, um, from people that I admire. And that's, I kind of pull my titles from words that have moved me in one way or another. So it's so important to me. And for me, the title, you, you know, 90% of the time will come as I'm wrapping up. As I've been like, as I dove into this, whatever painting I'm, I'm uh, currently in, you know, I'm so immersed in it that the title usually comes as, as it's drawing an end. Yeah, I like the titles. I'm looking at one now, Agony and the Thrill, the expression on the, uh, the face of the winner. How would you define Black art? Hmm. Yeah, uh, Black art for me is art 
that's created by a beautiful group of people who in America have for so long been marginalized in so many different ways. And I've always had so much to say, have continued to speak out and, and, and say what they've had to. Um, yeah, I just, I, I feel like it's a group of people that uh, are finally kind of getting a platform to really be recognized for the talent that, that, uh, that's, that's always been around. For me, it's, it's about the collective. It's about my contemporaries. It's about my heroes. It's about all those that came before me in the, in the industry and other industries as well that have kind of had their part in opening, you know, the, uh, the gates of uh, opportunity a little bit more, you know, up until the point that, that now I enter the space. It's so important for me to not only uh, acknowledge those that uh, have done so much before me, like I mentioned Benny Andrews before, what a light, you know, and uh, all of those before me are, are, are in my practice, you know, so for me, Black art is that collective, is that community of, of uh, trailblazers uh, that, that continually choose to expose themselves to, uh, to public criticism and, 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 and reaction in their work. With this new discovery of Black and Brown talent, do you think it's going to become the new normal? Is it a trend? What are your thoughts on that? Mm, the new normal. I, I think that Black culture has been ripped off since we arrived on these shores. Um, I don't know about the new normal, but... I do feel like given this intense year and the, uh, the kind of collision with technology, I think that we're, we're at a point um, where there's been kind of a control shift to what we're able to, to show, the exposure of the movement, the creative movement. So I, I think that um, in terms of trends and the industry, you know, I'm new to the industry. Uh, I try to remain as hands off as I can. And, uh, but um, I, I think that there will always be trends. Um, I don't think black artists are going anywhere. We've been here from the beginning. And uh, I think that we are just gaining more, more confidence and more. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to stay. How did COVID impact your practice? Uh, my practice, uh, you know, to be honest, COVID, I was obsessed before COVID and, and I worked uh, all day, every day. What COVID <laughs> did, what COVID, that's the truth. What, what COVID <laughs> did was just sweep away the little, you know, the little distractions that might've been, that might've stuck around. Maybe I went out, you know, to an opening every now and then, right? Uh, and COVID just completely sweeped that away. It, it allowed me to really just, sit in it you know um it was just me and the work and uh i will say uh you know covid along with all the trauma that uh we experienced you know allowed a more intensity uh to kind of um, come through uh an already intense uh practice of mine and what do you feel is the purpose of art uh i think i think that depends you know i think uh i think um for me what i resonate most with is inspiring uh, the young, for sure. I think that art can move people, you know? Uh, and it also, you know, in, in today's world with the digital technology and so forth, I like the idea of like the physical paintings and coming to see the physical paintings actually slowing us down a bit. Mm -hmm. I, I like the counter to the computer screen. So I, I think that art just has the ability to to move people, you know, whether it be emotionally or physically. Yeah, I think that it, it, it kind of 
can be a conductor of, of change. So one question I've added to uh, my list is for people to share with me and listeners your favorite quote. Mm. Do you have one? Okay. Uh, you know, I what always comes up for me when, when people <laughs> ask this. I'm just going to be honest. Um, my favorite quote. I'm going to butcher it a little bit by Bob Marley, and uh, who is also a hero of mine, no doubt. And again, that 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 uh that fearlessness, you know, comes up. Uh, and and Bob said, in, in in better words than I can say, um, you know, everyone is going to hurt you in your life, and the difference is, you know, um, who you choose to allow that to take place. And in uh, so few words, you know, and uh, and I think for me, what he was saying there is, yeah, choose wisely. You know, people, humans are are, are humans, and and we're going to make mistakes, and and uh, and it's it's more important to to have agency in, in who you, you know, let close and into your life. So yeah, that quote from Bob Marley is, is it for me? I like it. It <laughs> de- definitely resonates. A question about what enters your mind as you paint. Do you ever think about who the audience is? Um, you know, I, I really, no, uh, um, I, you know, who I, what enters my mind connected to people are my influences, you know? Um, so <laughs> it may be, you know, for instance, like uh, I'm coming up on 10 years of, of my father's anniversary of, of his passing, and he comes up in in my process a lot, especially uh, the, the last few days, you know, and I use those memories and those thoughts to just kind of give me strength and 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 uh, and kind of the spirit to kind of figure things out. Um, but like the, the, the visual art audience, uh, no, I really, I really want to, as long as I can, I want to try and stay disconnected from the kind of like public art art world critic on my work while I'm doing it. Of course, I know that once it's finished and I go to show it, that that's what's coming. In the making of it, I really try and dive in and, and get lost in the work itself. You know, um, a lot of my pieces, a lot of my practice, uh, there is uh, kind of like chance in the, the making. And um, so it's important for me to be hyper-focused in the moment. And I find... Uh, if I'm if I'm worried about anything else, I don't know. I'm just not as connected to the piece, and it won't make it out <laughs> if, if that's what I'm focusing on. I really try. I really try and stay as present as possible. I like that. This has been a great talk. I like your energy. Um, so as we wind down, my last question is going to be: What do you feel is your role as an artist? Hmm. My role as an artist. Um, I think to speak my truth always to be as authentic as I, as I possibly can. Most importantly, as my platform grows to turn around and reach back and help those who might not have had been afforded the same opportunities that I have, um, who, who may need a little boost. I really am connected to the idea of everyone winning and, uh, and there's enough for everyone. So I I want to, to reach back and and help others. Um, and, and always that I can definitely. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, and there is a there is enough for everybody. This has been wonderful, Alvin. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit cerebralwomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.